It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft podcast. I am Trevor Sikama. With me is Benjamin Solak. We have made it to pick number 30. We're in the 30s of our guest mock draft series as we get closer to the 2020 NFL Draft. Ben, only three more picks. Is there anybody still left on the board that you're like, all right, these people have to go before we're done with this thing, right? Are there any glaring prospects that haven't been picked yet? Denzel Mims hasn't gone. That's one. Uh, He went above Jalen Rager. Running backs don't worry me that much. Running backs, none of the running backs have gotten picked. I feel like there's a possibility for running back at the end with the Chiefs. I don't know yet. I don't know what the Chiefs pick is going to be, but there's a chance we get some running backs off the board. Yeah, maybe. I think that, yeah, I think if anything, I would expect, right, I think I would expect more corners, which I know we just had Gladney, but like AJ Terrell is uh, apparently going to be a a first round pick. No, Gladney can be a first round pick. Yeah. And then I think even more uh, wide receivers probably as well, like Brandon Ayuk and Denzel Mims, who brought up, I think, are players that could most likely go come actual Thursday. But in this mock so far, people don't want to reach for deep classes. It makes sense. This is true. It's it's always an interesting exercise putting beat reporters on the spot to make one pick because you hear so much about like a total class. And like even when we do mock drafts, we try to be like, oh, well, not many of these wide receivers can go in the first round just because it's so deep. But when you're solely focusing on one team, it's a little bit different. And I feel like the draft has gone a very interesting way. So to recap it before we bring in our guest for pick number 30 with the Green Bay Packers, let us recap the picks that have been made so far. Joe Burrow, number one. Chase Young, two. Jeff Akuta, three. Jedrick Wills, four. Tua Tungavailoa, five. Justin Herbert, six. Javon Kinlaw, seven. Isaiah Simmons, eight. Derek Brown, nine. Tristan Wirfs, ten. Andrew Thomas, eleven. CeeDee Lamb, twelve. Jerry Judy, thirteen. Mekhi Becton, fourteen. Kenneth Murray, fifteen. C.J. Henderson, 16, Henry Ruggs, 17, Justin Jefferson, 18, Trayvon Diggs, 19, Caleb on Chason, 20, Jalen Rager, 21, Christian Fulton, 22, Patrick Queen, 23, Jordan Love, 24, Josh Jones, 25, 
Isaiah Wilson, 26. Kind of surprised at that one, but again, we've heard that Isaiah Wilson is going first round. Gross Matos went 27. Cesar Ruiz, 28. Jeff Gladney, as Ben said, went number 29 on the last podcast. And that brings us to the Green Bay Packers. I'm not going to lie. Even though they do have Aaron Rodgers, and having a good quarterback is, last time I checked, very important, especially having one of the best to ever play the game, I did not think the Green Bay Packers would make it as far as they did last year, because I thought they had a lot more holes on their roster when it came to making it as far as they did with the NFC Championship game. So, to see whether the Packers were for real or were frauds, we have the director of run establishment, Owen Reese, who is basically an expert in all things Wisconsin. That's why we had to have him on the podcast here with us to tell us about the Green Bay Packers. Owen, my good friend. How you doing, man? I'm doing well, fellas. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Like I said, there's nobody better at knowing Wisconsin things than Owen Reese, which is why we had to have him on. And so I'm going to open up the podcast by just asking you this question. Did the Packers getting to the NFC Championship game. I mean, was that even something that you were thinking about last year? They've always got the quarterback to do it, I guess. But did you think that they were going to make it that far last season? No, I didn't. And I mean, like, I don't think they're a better team than the New Orleans Saints. Or, you know, like, some, they're they're not... Or even I was kind of surprised they beat the Seahawks, to be honest. I, they're, they're always going to be dangerous in a one-game scenario because they've got Aaron Rodgers. And it's, yeah, true. It's awful tough. I mean, he can get hot. And it doesn't really matter what the defense does. Uh, but I, they're a long ways away from where they were in, like, 2016, right? Like, they made it to the a- NFC Championship game, basically, like, having the carcass of that roster being dragged by Aaron Rodgers um, and just <laughs> went to the slaughter in Atlanta, right? Like, they just got yeah. crushed. And that was like, wow, this roster is really bad. And then over the last couple of years, they've continued to improve it. Obviously, signing Zadarius and Preston Smith worked out very well. Um, drafting Jair Alexander, Darnell Savage. They signed Adrian Amos. Some of those picks are um, pretty significant, and the team is better. Um, but if you like, look at the roster, I mean, it was very clear. I, they, they're they not nearly as talented as, as the 49ers are. And, I mean, like, they were in the championship game with them, like, in physical status they right. were there. But, like, they, you, it was very evident from the kickoff that these two teams weren't equal and we saw that during the regular season when the 49ers, you know, stomped the Packers and, and Aaron Rodgers had one of the worst games of his career. And it was just one of those things that it's not a good matchup for Green Bay. Um, and that was only made more clear, um, you know, through the trying to play that game a second time. Um, so I didn't expect 13 and three. I would have expected maybe 10 and six in a wild card spot. They went 13 and three, won the division and got a first round bye. They beat the Seahawks. Um, but yeah, obviously they. I didn't expect it going into the year. They had a nice year, but that roster for what seems to be every year since they won the Super Bowl in 2011 or 2010, um, you know, like that, that roster just isn't as good as the team performs. And that's been an ongoing thing for the organization, um, which has kind of really held them back uh, when Aaron Rodgers is only getting older. So uh, my question then is if if we exceeded expectations in in, in 2020 uh, or excuse me in 2019 2020 the the Packers really didn't have that much roster turnover in free agency less guys coming out less guys coming in than a lot of of teams had in the last offseason you have the big addition in in Christian Kirksey who's replacing Blake Martinez you have Rick Wagner who's replacing Brian Bulaga 
we we plugged a lot of the gaps that were created in free agency as well. So what is the expectation? And this is an unfair question before the draft, but like assuming the draft goes well and they, they hit their final spots with good players, what is the expectation year two with Matt LaFleur, another year of Aaron Rodgers in his mid to late 30s? Do the Packers now have a 13 and three expectation? Are they should they be one of the top teams in the NFC or is the expectation lower? And there's an acknowledgement there that they kind of over overachieved last year. Um, I think if you ask most Packer fans, I think they would probably admit that they overachieved, but at the same time will be just as irrationally upset if they go nine and seven or 10 and six, like they probably should. Um, mm-hmm. they're, they're not, it's just not like regression doesn't look favorably upon the Packers heading into 2020. Uh, they'll have the first place schedule. And, uh, I, I mean, I would expect this team best case scenario, I think, maybe 11 and five or 12 and four is probably about your ceiling. Um, you know, the Vikings continue to get better. They're always tough. And it's just, it, I don't see um, a team here. Truthfully, you're going to have to, I mean, the 49ers and the saints continue to reload and Tampa Bay obviously is doing what they're doing. I just don't see, uh, I, I, I wouldn't expect them to make it back to the NFC championship game again. Um, I try to be a bit more objective than most Packer fans are, but it, it's, they didn't go make a big move and they didn't get markedly better. Um, I mean, they signed Devin Funches, I guess like it's, they filled some spots. They replaced Martinez with Kirksey. They replaced Brian Belago with Rick Wagner. But outside of that, I don't know if they got any better um, unless you count addition by subtraction with Jimmy Graham, I suppose. So it's, I don't know the, the team itself, like they're, they're sorely in need of this draft class and they've got 10 picks. Um, and, and I've liked what Brian Gutekunst has done thus far. So I think that's going to be truly how quickly these rookies can make impacts will determine how much of an improvement um, or even just remaining where they were. Uh, the Packers will to be this year. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this off season, look no further than the locked on NFL scouting podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You said that the team has kind of overachieved given what the roster actually was since kind of that Super Bowl team. Rodgers has got to be the catalyst for that, I would assume. And if he's not, please correct me, but it just seems like he's working his magic all the time. Where is he right now? I mean, he's 36. He'll be 37 late next year, so he'll be 36 for most of the season. What's the thoughts on Rodgers right now? Is he truly playing like at an elite level where you could still depend on him to continue to be elite for a while? Have you seen him take steps back? What he is, what has he done well to allow this team to ascend better than the pieces around it? I mean, just give us the overview on what Rodgers really has been since the Super Bowl team is obviously it's pretty far ways back. But even the last couple of years, what's he for the Packers right now? What's he doing really well, and what can they continue to build around him with the future? Uh, to me, so like he's kind of like the 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 former stud that's like learning how to play like old man game at the YMCA. Sure, right? Like he can't go up and dunk anymore, but he can still shoot, and he's kind of learning how to play a new style. Uh, obviously, he's not; he doesn't have the physical abilities that he did ten years ago, 
And I think that's pretty clear. He's still overwhelmingly conservative with the ball, like avoiding turnovers, which has gotten him some flack on Twitter um, and, and among Packers fans. But I, I don't know if that's like just due to the the romanticized uh, gunslinger thing, like with the Green Bay head with Favre, where they're like, "Yeah, he was awesome. Who cares if he threw over 300 career picks?" Like, <laughs> and Aaron Rodgers has thrown less picks in his career than Jameis Winston has. So, like, right. it's thank you for bringing it, that up. Really appreciate it. Um, so who did like, Jameis play like, for? Who is yeah, oh no, Tampa yeah, go on. I'm, I'm, I'm muting Ben's mic. But yeah, so I mean, just like the stark, um, like glaring avoiding of turnovers for the sake of like not taking risks. Um, I mean, that's still a continuing thing. The biggest thing to me, and take me back to week one of 2018, right? The Packers come out on on opening night and they play the Bears and Aaron Rodgers gets hurt like the second drive. And everyone's like, oh, my God, the season's over again. He just came back from this collarbone thing with Anthony Barr. And he's coming back and he's hurt again. Like the, the, the year's ruined and we're seven minutes in, right? The best thing that ever happened to Aaron Rodgers at this stage in his career, I think, was him coming out. And I'm pretty under the impression he was probably pilled up uh, for that second half. But mm-hmm. his leg hurt, so he had to play within the structure of the offense. For the first time in 10 years or whatever it was, Mike McCarthy would call a play and Aaron Rodgers is like, I don't know if I can physically do the things I want to, if I audible out of this. So, and you saw a lot of it throwing from the pocket, quick stuff, getting the ball out, hmm. hit uh, Randall Cobb on a, a slant that went for a long touchdown and made that stupid throw to Geronimo Allison in the corner of the end zone. Like, so just kind of taking that game and being like, stop working harder and work smarter um, you can be just as effective and you can be just as good without having to have this like hero complex hmm. um, you know, to, to take every game over or to extend every play. Um, and I think that that's kind of what you started to see this year in Lafleur's offense as far as Rodgers just being like they were quote unquote a run first team or whatever with Aaron Jones who led the league in touchdowns like that's that's good. But I think the biggest thing is like that's starting to take the load off of Rodgers shoulders um as he continues to get older and I, I think that's to his benefit because then you can you know you're not asking him to do as much as often so he should theoretically be more efficient right like you can run the ball a little bit they're continuing to prove up front uh despite losing brian balaga so like that's not making everything like we're not running this offense because we have aaron Rodgers. like aaron Rodgers can elevate this offense so like to me he's someone that's he's definitely on the way down um, I, I still think he's probably got two or three years before. Um, I know he's stated like he doesn't want to play until he's forty-three or whatever. But like, couldn't be, couldn't be my I quarterback. Think he, <laughs> I think you've probably got two to three years where you can really say we can still get quality play out of Aaron Rodgers before you reach that threshold of just the cost-benefit. Like, I, you know, I mean, like we could bring in a rookie and he might not be as good immediately, but like. Aaron Rodgers, kind of like in Madden, right? Like he's, there's kind of a point where he'll be like an 80 overall. And you're like, that's no longer better than what an alternative could be. Um, So I think just to me, he's, he's still a few years away. He's still very capable. We've seen, he's still extremely dangerous when he can be, or like at times, but he's just got to kind of pick his spots and not be, um, you know, it's not that every week um, he's going to come out and, and, and shred you, but he's still certainly capable of it. 
I'm curious now, uh, with Rodgers' changed play style as what it is, and the, the Matt LaFleur offense, now, you know, the, this second offense that he's playing in in his career, I want to transition what we're looking at to the wide receiver core, because the Green Bay wide receiver core is fascinating to me in that they had... Uh, Marquise Valdez Scatling, and they had Equinemius St. Brown, and they had Alan Lazard, and they were like, you know, we need Devin Funchess. on the rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they got Jumero, uh, Wisconsin Whitewater. Shout out Purple Hawks or whatever they are. Um, Hawks are close. It's fine. Yeah, it's great. Um, Unbelievable. But they they had they have Devonte Adams, who's such a a tremendous route runner and a great separator, and and down the field, intermediate. He's got such a wide range of influence, and then they just have all these big above the rim bodies. And, and and they just continue to reload and, and add players who fit that mold, despite the fact that none of them, I think, have really necessarily panned out into a strong number number two. And, and I don't want to take away from Lazard, who's really come away nicely as a UDFA. I just don't think he's who you want as your number two. Now, I know the Packers and Brian Gutekunst have measurable thresholds that they like to reach, but if we're talking about adding a receiver to this room, do you think that they'll be willing to add some of the smaller, shiftier players in the class, like your K.J. Hamlers, your, your Darnell Mooney's, even maybe your Jalen Ragers, or do you think they'll even with the players they have already on the roster, continue to pour resources into bigger-bodied guys and just try to find better athletes and better separators among those skyscraper players? I hope not because I just don't <laughs> feel like that's uh, super sustainable. Um, I mean, like, there's a lot of big receivers in the NFL, but the big, really good athletic ones cost a lot of money. Um, so to me, when when the Packers, and obviously this, is, this was under Ted Thompson and not Brian Gutekunst, when they have deviated from their prototype it's been like second round wide receivers randall cobb was one that comes to mind jordy nelson was an early second round pick but th those were two very notable um didn't pass a lot of their athletic thresholds but obviously had high enough grades on them um outside of that that they felt as though that was an appropriate thing uh in round two i i do hope that they start to diversify this receiving core a little bit uh because like you said it's Devonte Adams and it's raw speed guy, raw speed guy, big guy that lacks separation ability in burst, another big guy that lacks separation ability in burst, and then a third big guy that lacks separation, <laughs> separation ability in burst. So, I mean, like I understand the the allure to it, right? Like they're big dudes and they don't make six four, two hundred ten pound corners, but it's at a certain point, like stop having to make Aaron Rodgers make these stupid, accurate throws um, and make his job easier, right? Like I, I just mentioned, he's starting to decline in ability. And while it's mm -hmm. still there, sometimes don't make him depend on it all the time, right? So like the more you can improve his surrounding cast, the, the easier his job becomes. And having someone like Brandon Ayuk or KJ Hamler or this like electric little jitterbug player underneath that's so different than anything else they have in the secondary is only going to do wonders for Devonta Adams loosening up the secondary. And then also if you've got to deal with speed and quickness underneath that they just simply don't have right now, then that also allows guys like Valdez Scantling who really struggled this year, but he's six, four and ran a four, three, you know, like those guys to go like, go beat deep, right? Like go take the top off, but they just don't have that, um, the variety or that just that different skill set, like you always talk about, like build a basketball team, right? Like you don't need five centers. In the, and that's basically what they have in their in their receiving core right now. You've got a, a shooting guard in Devontae Adams and four power forwards. So, I mean, the more they continue to do that, I think 
the more you can get guys that can separate, it just makes Aaron Rodgers' job easier, which as he continues to get older and, and less physically impressive, that's only going to continue to make him allow him to elongate that 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 productivity before it really starts to fall off the cliff. Yeah, can't confirm that uh, after doing a couple of 2K drafts where I just draft a shooting guard and then the rest are just rebounders to then just chuck it back down to the shooting guard, it just doesn't end well. I mean, I score a lot of points, don't get me wrong, but <laughs> I don't win a lot of championships, so that's... It's- uh, Probably not. It's tough. It's a tough formula, especially when you play teams that are better than you, right? Like the more even, right. even if the Packers, even like that obviously works, right? Like it's got them to NFC championship game multiple times in the last few years. And that's cool. And I haven't found a corner yet that has like been able to cover Devonte Adams, but at a certain point you need to be able to draw attention away from him. And while Alan Lazard played well for stretches this year or, um, you know, Valdez Scantling has been hot and cold. They lost Geronimo Allison. Those were some of the other like premier primary targets, I guess. Like Jimmy Graham's gone, so Jay Sternberger will be stepping in for the first time full time. And like just the more diversity you can get in those skill sets and add different skill sets, add different attributes to the receiving core, right. you're only gonna continue to help your your best asset be effective longer. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So we're going to put you on the clock here at number 30, but before we do, we've talked a lot of offense and we talked a lot of Aaron Rodgers and kind of overall team outlook, so... Uh, I'd love to hear your opinion on the biggest needs for this team, even outside of maybe the position or the player that you're about to pick. Um, name a handful of those and just kind of recap it for us. Maybe a couple of other names they might be thinking of. And then, of course, we'll have you make a pick at number 30, and, and we'll talk about that as well. Sure. So as like a, a grand roster thing, right, like they need a, they, they'll need a tackle. Um, they signed Jared Bell here halfway through the year last year, and that worked out well. Um, but he's a, currently a free agent, and they allowed Brian Balaga to go, and they signed Rick Wagner for very cheap. So you've got your your starting tackles in Bakhtiari and Wagner, but you'll need a third tackle, even if you bring back Veldier, like which I don't think is an awful idea. Um, you know, you're just in, even if you choose to kick that position down the down the road a little bit, um, that'll still be a need, uh, considering how unable to stay consistently 16 games healthy Bakhtiari has been and Balaga was. Um, so you'll need to continue to improve that. Obviously, we talked about wide receiver. Running back could be a sneaky need. Jamal Ad- or Jamal Williams and uh, Aaron Jones are both entering their contract years. Aaron Jones just led the league in touchdowns, but um, you know, obviously the NFL has shown that they're not overly keen um, on, or maybe they're going to continue to become less keen on extending and giving big contracts to running backs. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey just got one. Um, but Christian McCaffrey and Aaron Jones aren't quite the same. So I think that's something that potentially losing your top two backs with really only Dexter Williams behind that, I think that's something that they could look to address. Um, defensively, I think they can still get better up front. They've got Kenny Clark. They need to extend him. But outside of that, they've got uh, Tyler Lancaster and Dean Lowry, which 
Um, we'll lead me to another point here in a second. Uh, obviously, they signed Christian Kirksey to, to replace Blake Martinez. I know a lot of Packer fans are clamoring for another linebacker, which, again, I'll get to here in a second. And then, um, so they've got two good safeties, right? Like they drafted Darnell Savage in the first round last year and signed Adrian Amos, who are both objectively upgrades over what they had the year before. Uh, at corner, they have Jair Alexander, who's been excellent. And uh, they have Kevin King, who has been <laughs> extremely hot and cold. Uh, when he's good, he looks like what a 6'3 corner should look like. Uh, a lot of times he does not look like that, though. Um, so uh, he's a guy that I don't know if they'll continue to uh, to sign or not. I think he's really kind of playing for his job this year. Um, they've got Josh Jackson, who they drafted in the second round two years ago, mm-hmm. who has not done a ton. And I don't know if the jury is out on him or not. Um, other than that, I mean, they they had, I don't know, Will Redmond and Chandon Sullivan and a lot of other journeyman-type guys in the secondary kind of rounding that out. Um, so, which brings me to what I was alluding to earlier. The Packers ran more dime in 2019 than any team in the NFL. But unfortunately, and I've tweeted about this, due to my frustration with Packers media, we don't know why, right? Is he doing that because the Packers want to be a dime team? Um, because as we saw, they just got the run established on them in the NFC Championship game, and the 49ers wow. threw eight passes. Your own right? team establishing the run against O&R. your team. So the 49ers threw eight passes and went to the Super Bowl, right? So that's not good. Um, that's but the dream. whole thing was is the dream, they were actually. in dime. And, like, are they in dime because they don't want to play B.J. Goodson and Tyler Lancaster, which, color me shocked, or do they want to do that because they're dead set on stopping the pass first, um, which I know half of Twitter would would fawn over, but getting run on for 300 yards in the NFC Championship game uh, isn't as exciting or as enjoyable as some may think. So I think that's something moving forward is like if they want to be a primary dime defense, then they need a conveyor belt of defensive linemen and defensive backs coming into Green Bay. Um, Packer fans really want a linebacker. Do they even want to play two of them? You just paid Christian Kirksey. Do you want to draft Patrick Queen or Kenneth Murray or whoever? Because they might not see the field. Right, um, and you're also probably not getting either of those guys at 30. You know, like you, you weren't right. in, so then in this turns, mock draft. So, so then all of a sudden, if Simmons, whether you say he's a linebacker or not, but like if Simmons is obviously off the board, Queen and Murray are probably off the board. I feel like that's a different game plan here at 30. Didn't want to cut you well, off, right. but just even, wanted to throw that even in. Even someone like... Even someone like Malik Harrison at 62 or Willie Gay, maybe even there in the third round. Like, those are guys that I think the Packers would like and make sense athletic, but are they going to see the field? Like, is it worth spending a second-round pick on a linebacker that is going to be on the field 30% of the snaps? So, to me, that's where a lot of frustration and speculation is coming in because we just don't know. Um, And uh, I know they were really concerned about Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur's relationship for about 13 weeks in a row, but maybe some – prevalent information could have been gathered about their defensive preferences. So um, I'm going to go with the, they want to play dime and they, they want to feature all these defensive backs. Um, and that'll kind of lead into my pick. All right. Let's hear it. 30. So with the, thir- with the 30th pick in the 2020 NFL draft, the green Bay Packers will select Grant Delpit, the safety out of LSU. Yeah, wow. <laughs> so uh, to me, like, Darnell Savage's whole point is like his a lot of his allure coming out of the draft last year was his versatility, right? Like he can line up in the slot, 
He can play single high. He can play too high. He's a good blitzer. He can cover tight ends and running backs. And the Packers are playing him at free safety, which is cool. Like, he's good. Um, but then you're, like, playing either Josh Jackson or a legitimately 39-year-old Tremont Williams in the slot. So, to me, if you take Delpit, right, was this premier prospect literally 12 months ago and um, has some tackling warts, uh, to be sure, um, did not necessarily – quell any of those concerns in 2019 but um and i remember this conversation going on with malik hooker as well and I, i'm not saying that grant delpit is as elite as a center fielder as malik hooker but i'll deal with 12 to 14 missed tackles a year if you can get five picks right and that's something too where if the packers truly are leaning into this dime defense identity right like you've got the smith brothers is their corny name they're not actually brothers or kenny clark <laughs> got rashawn gary like you've got dudes up front that can rush the passer and then in the back if you've got darnell savage and adrian amos and jair alexander and you add grant delpit you've got a bunch of alpha dudes in the back end which it's never been more important to have as talented a secondary as possible in the nfl as it is right now so while a lot of Packer fans think that they should draft like a D2 safety to play linebacker or an FCS safety that we're not sure is super good other than a super athletic, um, I'll take a, a dice roll on the five-star prospect that, um, you know, up until the 2019 year season was regarded as a top five prospect in the class and will continue to add skilled and talented defensive backs to the roster um, with the likelihood that the Packers can still get a KJ Hamler or Brandon Ayuk yeah. or Michael Pittman at 62 rather than taking a receiver in the first round and maybe Ashton Davis at 62, probably not. And then after that, it gets kind of murky. So to me, it is all about adding versatility and talent to the back end of the defense to um, continue to help, Zadarius and Preston Smith make their job easier and um, try to try to continue to make this um, elongate this run, right? Like building a team is more than one year at a time. Right. right. So while a lot of people are stuck in the uh, the tail kicking that they got from the 49ers, that's not like I mean, that that doesn't mean that that's the first thing you need to fix. Right. Mm -hmm. Like you can go into next season and still do. You still went 13 and three. You still went to the NFC championship game. Other things can be fixed, too. It doesn't just need to be a linebacker or someone that can stop the run because that's the, the last thing in your mind. Ben, everybody knows my thoughts about Grant Delpit on this podcast. What do you think about Green Bay adding him at number 30 here? Yeah, so I think two things Owen brought up that are really critical and important and don't get brought up enough in terms of drafting. One is specific to the Packers, which is the dime defense thing, which, I mean, Owen, if you remember, the Eagles whooped on the Packers in week four when the Eagles looked terrible. And it was because they were running the football all over them. And that was one of the first weeks where it was like, why is Mike Pettin just sitting here with Will Redmond in the box? Like, what are we doing? And I, I assumed it was known that he just wanted to play dime and defend the pass. I didn't know that there was uncertainty there. But that's a really big deal because, you know, the Packers lose Martinez at Christian Kirksey. And a lot of people talk about them still being a team to add a linebacker. And in my head, I thought they were done. I thought, like, I, in my head, Kirksey is, all right, that's our base linebacker and we're good. We'll put Oren Burks out there sometimes and we'll have a good time. You know what I mean? That, like, the, the, the Packers' dichotomy between dime and nickel is really important to figuring out their needs. 
because it defines their need for linebacker, whether it's huge or whether it doesn't exist. And then the second thing is the whooping the, the Niners put on them because a lot of teams do draft relative to how they got beat bad. And if the Packers do draft relative to that Niners loss, which was a season-defining loss, literally, it kept them out of the Super Bowl, then they probably won't be interested in a player like Delpit because of the run defense. So it's interesting because we think Pettin is building the defense to defend the pass, but you also have to be worried about Gutenkunst being overreactive to the loss to the Niners. So there's a lot that's really interesting in terms of building the Packers' defense. They're a difficult team to peg. I think we all know they need a wide receiver and they need an offensive tackle of the future, and that's easy to talk about in the first couple rounds. But yeah, like linebacker safety and figuring out that dichotomy is hard for the Packers because we don't really know why Penn's building the team the way he is well now the run has been firmly established on this podcast and the center fielder role has been firmly established for the Green Bay Packers and it's all because of Owen Reese Owen appreciate it thanks for joining the podcast yeah guys thanks for having me on appreciate what you guys are doing I've enjoyed this series um, and appreciate everything you guys do throughout the year obviously we've got a few days left before you get a couple weeks off so um Owen's just Owen's just trying to suck up because he wants to be back next year because last year he drafted Brian Burns instead of Rashawn Gary this year he'll draft like Grant Delpit instead of like you know Malik Harrison and then he'll come back in year three and be like someone put me in charge of the Packers please (laughs) honestly he's building he's building his resume one podcast episode at a a time so I mean I you know I can't blame him we're giving him this space for a reason he picked listen there were, what, 15 other teams that didn't pick Brian Burns before Brian Burns went off the board? That wouldn't have happened if Owen was in charge. That's all I'm saying. And that if been... only Owen was there, y'all would have actually had an edge rusher God. and not a, uh, not a bench warmer. All right, pick number 31. Speaking to the team that ran it straight down the Packers' throat in the NFC Championship game, the San Francisco 49ers. They've got a couple of different areas that they can address. Man, they were like, what? Is it fair to say a, a quarter and a half away from being Super Bowl champions last year? Man, that's about as close as it gets, but they can afford to upgrade in a couple of different areas, maybe get them over the hump. We'll find out next episode. You guys keep it locked right here on Lockdown NFL Draft. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.